There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and as always, we are broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Man, do we have a lot to unpack throughout the next hour. Not only is there a lot to talk about, but we got a few guests to discuss it with. 15 minutes from now, co-host of the Nightcap and former NFL quarterback, Sean King will be hopping on, and what a perfect time to have our guy Sean on. Plenty of news throughout the NFL, which we will update momentarily, but first let me tell you about the remainder of the show, because a half hour from now we'll be joined by one of our favorite hockey guests, that is Nick Alberga. He'll be talking puck in some of the top games in the NHL slate this evening. Then 45 minutes from now, Aaron Rinning, pro sports better, does Great work with the NBA. Always love getting his thoughts on a solid NBA slate. And we'll look forward to talking with Aaron in 45 minutes for some of his best bets on the hardwood. And in this first segment, I'll give you some of my top plays. But let's go ahead and begin with the biggest news of the day. It came in the NFL, gives us plenty to talk about, especially from the aspect of the betting angles. Now, first things first, we are here in the Chicagoland area, so the most important news to us Bears fans was whether or not AR-12 was going to remain in Green Bay. Well, it looks like he is, and the rumors, even though he's kind of saying it's not exactly that, but some of the numbers were coming out that it's a four-year contract. He's going to be getting a 50 mil a year, the highest paid player in NFL history. It seems a little, I don't want to say risky. Of course, it's Aaron Rodgers. You know you're going to get to the playoffs with him, but is he going to produce in the postseason? He hasn't been able to except for one time in his whole career. 
and he was contemplating retiring not only last season, but allegedly this season, and now you're going to sign him for four years going into his 40s? I'm not saying he can't be a dominant player. It just seems like he's kind of all over the place. That's also me being a bitter, uh, bitter Bears fan because now, as we know, the Packers still going to be the strong favorite in the NFC North. At Bet Rivers, Green Bay is minus $2 as the betting favorite. The Vikings are 3-1. to one. We always talk about the Vikings. Oh, is this finally going to be the year they can overcome Aaron Rodgers? Come on, let's be honest here. Uh, then you get the Bears at 8-1, to one, the Lions at 12-1. to one. NFC Championship odds, the Packers are the short shot here as well. They're 4-1, to one, 49ers 5-1, to one, Rams plus 550, Cowboys 7-1. List goes on and on and on. And Green Bay is 9-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Look, at first, I kind of thought just based on how he was conducting this and handling it, and he made it seem like it was a last dance type of thing with Devonta Adams going into this past season, that he was going to move off the Packers, whether it was retirement or going to the Broncos to follow Hackett and maybe bring Devonta Adams with, whatever it may have been. Originally, I thought he was going to move off Green Bay. Now, the longer he took, the more I was kind of listening to some outside opinions. I'm like, you know what? He probably is going to stay. I mean, he's got the comfort here. He has the familiarity with Green Bay. He obviously has all the power he wants. And if Green Bay did a good enough job of clearing up cap space, it can bring back some key players, a.k.a. Devontae Adams with the franchise tag. Well, then certainly that's going to be more enticing for Aaron Rodgers. And you have to consider how wide open the NFC is. Not only the division in the NFC North, but the entire conference, especially now even more so because you are getting one of the top quarterbacks shipped off from the NFC to the AFC. The other big news throughout the NFL today, Russell Wilson has been traded from the Seahawks to the Broncos. Plenty of draft picks and some players are given to Seattle. But look, at the end of the day, you're giving away Hall of Fame talent, and you can only hope one of those draft picks can even become half the player that the guy he dealt away has been. But the Broncos looking mighty fine now. They didn't get Aaron Rodgers, but they get the next best guy in line, Russell Wilson, and that takes the Broncos from about 25-1 to 1 to win the whole dang thing down to 12-1 to 1 at Bet Rivers. AFC West odds. Chiefs still the short shot, minus 110. Broncos plus 225 now. Chargers are 4-1, to one, Raiders 11-1. to one. In terms of the AFC Championship, the Bills are the short shot at 4-1, to one, Chiefs plus 450, Broncos at 6-1, to one, Bengals drop down a little bit to 10-1, to one, along with the Ravens and the Chargers. Uh, look, if you're the Seahawks, I don't know. I guess you're stuck in purgatory regardless. You looked at that situation saying if we couldn't be successful last season in one of the toughest divisions, what the hell are we going to do now? So I guess in their eyes, they see this as a decent offer and who knows, maybe maybe it is, but the draft class is weak. Drew Locke, good luck is all I'll say, but, you know, that opens up the doors, I guess, for more NFC teams, being the Bears, hopefully, as a Bears fan, you know, maybe the Bears have an opportunity to slide into a wild card. Obviously, I'm being way more optimistic than I should, but if you look at the Broncos here, yeah, great, awesome, you got a top quarterback, but I would actually argue that he is the third best quarterback in that division, which presumably is going to be the hardest division in football because you got Patrick Mahomes, and then I'd put Justin Herbert next. Yes, I would. That's my hot take. You can come yell at me at Danny Burke 5, but as at this point, I would rather build my franchise around Justin Herbert than Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson's done a tremendous job avoiding injuries his whole career, really up until this past season, but Justin Herbert has the body frame, right? He's a tall guy. 
huge arm, and he's mobile enough to get the job done. And because of his youth, that's why I think Justin Herbert is the more valuable asset as of this moment into the future. But the question, if you're looking at Denver, well, you're getting a quarterback to win right in this moment. But despite having Russell Wilson, again, it's still such a tough division, even with the Raiders and Derek Carr, that you're more than likely still going to get beat up along the way. Still going to have a lot of quarterbacks to overcome, not only in your own division, but also outside of it. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. The AFC is tough, man. So even though it's great news for the Broncos, still a lot to overcome in the AFC. So that's awesome for them. You got a new coach, offensive-oriented. You got some playmakers on both sides of the ball. But again, it's still a tough journey for this Broncos team to be a championship contender. I'm not saying they're not, but I'm certainly not running to the counter to wanting to take some value with the Broncos in this division. That's just my thoughts. I think it's good if you're a Broncos fan, of course, better than the alternative of Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, but there's still so much to overcome because of how deep that AFC conference is. But Aaron Rodgers on the other side, man, he made the right decision. Should be a cakewalk for him to get a good seed in the postseason on the side of the NFC. So those are my initial reactions really right now. Nothing that I'm infatuated with in terms of taking long futures on it. We discussed that immediately with some of the Super Bowl odds that we took right after this past Super Bowl. But we'll get more into this with Sean King, co-host of the Nightcap, former NFL quarterback. Next segment, he's going to be joining us. So don't worry, we'll talk plenty more NFL with all the news that's been happening today. But I did want to spend a few moments talking about some of the bets I did make tonight. So really quick, let me rifle through some of these dandy dimes that we're rocking with for this evening. We've got a couple plays in basketball, and we've got one in the NHL. Let's start with the NBA, though. I'm looking at this Brooklyn Nets-Charlotte Hornets matchup. Brooklyn on the road originally opened up as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. When I actually took this game, they were laying three. They got some late love, and now they're up to four-and-a-half against Charlotte. So the Nets are on a four-game losing streak, but the good news for Brooklyn is that they're on the road. So you got Kyrie Irving, you got Kevin Durant back, and you got Seth Curry and the rest of the squad that can produce enough to keep up in these games. And they did do fairly well their last road game, in which was their most recent game at Boston against one of the league's best defenses. They did lose 126 to 120, but they averaged 1.22 points per possession against the league's best defense. JVT wrote a little bit more about that at VSIN.com with all of his great write-ups in the NBA. But again, that was their first game with Kyrie, KD, and the rest of the crew. So, you know, they got a little bit of the rust out of the way, presumably. You're going against the Hornets team that, yeah, they have their moments, but defensively, they're really not that good at all. And as a team, Brooklyn is shooting 36% of their shots from mid-range, which is fourth most in the NBA, while the Hornets are allowing opponents to make 43% of their shot attempts from mid-range, which is 23rd worst in the NBA. Plus, the Hornets ranked 20th in defending the three. Opponents knocking down 36% of their shots from deep. Charlotte, yeah, offensively, they're okay. 12th in offensive effective field goal percentage. But the Nets kind of counter it defensively, ranking 12th in defensive effective field goal percentage. The Hornets have won their last two games. And they did beat the Nets earlier this season, 111-95. But I think Brooklyn gets a little bit of revenge here. I laid minus 155 on the money line. Again, that was earlier today. We always implore you to do subscribe to VEASAN so you get a hold of those best bets before the lines move. As of this point, 
I would either wait for a better number with in-game or I would look to go with the spread with Brooklyn. More so would gravitate toward waiting in-game, but hopefully you're able to jump in on it or get a reasonably priced enough number for the Nets tonight because I do think they get the job done on the road against the Hornets. But if you don't want to get involved with the money line, I did do a player prop tonight. So look around. Some books have it, some don't. But I like Kevin Durant and his points and assists tonight. The combination of the two, points and assists, over 34.5. He's averaging about 30 per game and just under six assists per game. He's gone over this mark in 22 out of 38 games this season, and he's gone over it in both the games he's been back thus far. So he had 31 points versus Miami, 37 at Boston. He did play Charlotte earlier this year, dropped 38 in that game. Now we talked about where the Hornets struggle defensively. Well, that's where Kevin Durant thrives. 61% of his shot attempts come from mid-range. Hornets have a defensive effective field goal percentage of 54.2%, which is 25th worst. Now with Kyrie on the floor, Kevin Durant is actually averaging 33 points per game and over seven assists per game. And he's gone over this mark with Kyrie in three out of the four games they have played together. So I think this is a good spot to look at the combination because his points have moved up a little bit. So I'm going to be rocking with Kevin Durant over 34 and a half points and assists at minus 115 as the price. So we'll get more into my bets because I still got a hockey one. But speaking of basketball, folks, like we always say, if you want to get involved with the madness, be sure you are subscribing to Visa. Visa.com slash madness. Get all the data, advice, strategy for only $19, and it gets you set up through April 5th with the tournament right around the corner. Once again, check it out. VSIN.com slash madness. More madness, but in the NFL, coming your way because Sean King going to dissect all the transactions in the NFL here on Rush Hour. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts available and you get hooked up several episodes a week great local sports betting content all righty welcome back to it the show is rush hour here on vsin the sports betting network i am danny burke your host at danny burke fiber you can get in touch with me on the tweets but we are bringing out a very special guest and perfect timing because of all the insane news that has come about in the nfl so sean king former nfl quarterback and co-host of the nightcap right here on vsin joining us right now sean i gotta start with the uh, first big news that broke today and of course piques our interest naturally in the midwest Aaron Rodgers going back to the Packers. Now, reportedly, the contract's four years, highest paid player in the NFL. He kind of disputed that with a tweet. But nevertheless, AR-12 going back to the Packers. Were you surprised that he came back, or did you kind of think that was going to be the decision all along? Well, I kind of figured and anticipated that he would stay. You know, he tries to put on this persona that, like, he's this alpha male, like, independent thinker, like, like risk taker. And I really think it's the complete opposite. And the comfortability existed and remained in Green Bay. You know, no owner, you know, that's walking in the building, 
you know, to kind of usurp your power, your brand. He is kind of the big fish there. So I anticipated and fully expected him staying. Yeah, and again, I mean, you talk about familiarity, having that power. I, it just all added up at the end of the day for him to stay, and because of really just how dominant the AFC is looking in comparison to the NFC. Now, their odds currently have the Packers, obviously, as a favorite to win the division, minus $2 in the NFC North. They're also 4-1 uh, to one as a short shot to win the NFC, then 9-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Are any of those odds interesting enough for you, or do you think, well, I mean, it looks about right, and there's just really not that much value there? Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of value there. You know, for Green Bay, I've always said, you know, the issue is if you bring Rodgers back and you give Devontae Adams what he deserves and is looking for, you don't really have enough space to go out and supplement the roster in the areas that you need. So, they're already losing to Darius Smith, the linebacker, because they don't have enough money to sign him. So, although they have Rodgers and it looks like they're going to franchise Devontae, I'm assuming in that deadline today, it really puts them in a bad spot as far as acquiring the other pieces they need, in my opinion at least, to, to really compete for a Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and I think besides that too, Sean, I was kind of talking about this on the Chicago City Cast today, and I'm curious your thoughts about it. Of course, we know Aaron Rodgers is one of the most talented players to ever play the position of quarterback. But aside from maybe not obtaining some of the big name players on both sides of the ball, you're also losing two guys that helped you out in the coaching staff. You lost Hackett to the Broncos, Getsy going to the Bears. Is that going to be kind of a hitch along the way for Rodgers? Or is him and LaFleur, they have a strong enough connection to where it's really not going to be that big of an impact? Well, LaFleur is the play caller there. So losing Hackett doesn't really impact you know, how they operate on game day. And, you know, I think Aaron liked the young quarterback coach, but they brought Tom Clements back, you know, who Aaron's known, has a great relationship with. You know, uh, the bigger issue is they've got to get Aaron uh, regular season MVP to play like the postseason MVP, you know, because they're not going to be able to go out and, you know, add elite pieces where they just have the best team. If they're going to win a championship, it's because Aaron's regular season performance is going to start to manifest itself in the playoffs, which, if we're being honest, it has not really done that in recent past. Yeah, that's true. I mean, look, his legacy is on the line, so to speak, to a lot of people based on what he can do or can't do, rather, in the postseason. And you would think, based on how it's stacked, it's gotten easier, but still a lot of time to go to see what more transactions can occur in this offseason throughout the NFC. But out in the AFC now, Sean, a little bit bigger news, I bet you'd probably argue for most people, is Russell Wilson getting traded from the Seahawks to the Broncos. So Seattle gets a, I, I mean, they get a haul. I don't know if it's a valuable haul. I mean, to get Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two 2022 first-round picks and uh, two 2022 second-round picks and a fifth-round pick. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you can only hope one of those guys can at least turn into almost half of the player Wilson is. So were you shocked to see Wilson get traded or at least traded to the Broncos specifically? Uh, I knew the Broncos, the Broncos were in the market for a quarterback. I knew that Russell secretly, quietly, you know, had been trying to get out of Seattle for the last two years. I think there have been some internal, not issues, but I mean, the relationship wasn't what it used to be you know, between Russell, Pete Carroll, and management there. So if they could find a deal that they liked, I knew 
the Seahawks would be willing to move on from Russell. And I think this deal works for both teams. I mean, Denver feel like they're a Super Bowl caliber roster outside of the quarterback position. So they don't really have to lose anything of significance on that roster. I mean, you send Drew Locke, but Russell's better than him. You know, Noah Font's talented, but he really struggles to catch the ball. And defensively, they'll be fine. So Shelby Harris, a young, good player, but, you know, he's not going to make or break them winning a championship. So they understand that the window is small, you know, when you have a roster that's talented enough to make a run. So take full advantage of it, and Russell gives them that opportunity. Now, Seattle, if you're going to restart, what better way? Two first-rounders, two second-rounders, you know, to go along with the picks you already have. It replaces some of the picks that you lost in a terrible trade with the Jets that, you know, landed you Jamal Adams, but it's kind of a reset for them as well. So I think the trade works both ways. Now, what's also going to be fascinating is to see how this AFC West unfolds is presumably the toughest division in football. Odds at bet Rivershawn have the Chiefs still as the favorite, minus 106, but Denver goes up to plus 225. Justin Herbert and the Chargers at 4-1, to and Derek Carr and the Raiders at 11-1. to Who are you picking to lead this division if you had to choose right now? Well, I mean, you got to go with the established, you know, team in Kansas City. I mean, they don't really lose anything that's significant. You know, if if I trusted the Chargers head coach just not to completely implode in game and, and you know go for it on his his own two, you know, in the first quarter or something and try and justify it afterwards. You know, I probably would pick the Chargers. I saw they just re-signed Mike Williams. I know they're actively trying to get Chris Godwin from the Bucks. I know the Bucks is franchising, so they're trying to make some proactive moves to, to, to compete more. Uh, we don't really know. The Raiders, you know, have so many question marks right now because that entire roster almost is free agents. Like, I don't think a lot of people have really looked at, you know, how many free agents they had on this year's team. So this team that, that, that exists now is going to look drastically different here in a couple months. So we'll wait and see what the Raiders are going to do in free agency. But, I mean, you probably got to go with the Chiefs. But there's not a lot of value there. Yeah, I think you're right, though. I mean, if you have to look a little bit outside the box, Chargers at 4-1 to ain't too shabby whatsoever. Just signed Mike Williams again. Herbert's only going to get better, and I think this is going to be a really solid squad. Uh, Sean, before we let you... Oh, yeah, go ahead. I will say this this right quick. I love the Ravens to win the AFC and the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. That's my early Chiefs bet in that conference. Uh, Lamar is basically going to be in a contract year. You know, they had the most injuries of elite significant personnel is anybody in the league. So they'll be healthy, chip on their shoulder. I like the Ravens. That's my early play. Yeah, Sean, two of the futures bets I made like the day after the Super Bowl was uh, the Chargers 25-1 to to win the Super Bowl and the Ravens at 20-1. to I'm kind of along the same line of thinking with you. And even if it doesn't come through to fruition, I mean, you're just getting really good value with these numbers that probably aren't going to be there obviously midway, but even when we start the season is kind of my thought process around it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to wait till after the draft because Baltimore's probably going to go wide receiver to add another weapon for Lamar. Who knows what they'll do in free agency. So I want to get them now, you know, before the market kind of adjusts based on, you know, any improvements they make between now and the start of the season. I like it. All right, Sean. Well, hey, we got about 30 seconds. A little birdie told me that uh, you've been riding Duke this whole season and you're looking to ride them through conference tournament time. Are you high on this squad and are you betting them to win it? 
I am actually going to bet Duke to win the NCAA tournament, but I'm not going to bet him to win the ACC. I actually think there's a lot of value with Wake Forest at plus 800 and uh, value with North Carolina at plus 550, who wouldn't have to play them until uh, they got to the championship. So that's where I'm going for the ACC tournament. Okay, yeah. Hey, Duke, 10-1 to 1 to win the whole dang thing. And, uh, Sean, I know you love those long shots or even just Valley in general. Duke, not the longest, but, hey, maybe they send Coach K out on a bigger win than what they could have done at their home stadium. <laughs> Obviously, didn't go according to plan. But, Sean, my man, always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you for your insight and analysis uh, surrounding the NFL and, of course, a little bit of college hoops. Hey, thanks for having me. You got it. Sean King, folks, follow him on Twitter at Real Sean King and catch him Monday through Friday, co-host of the Nightcap, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern time here on VEASAN alongside Tim Murray. Coming up next, we're switching up the gears, going to some hockey with our guy Nick Elberga. This is Rush Hour on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Need more college basketball insight? Well, go ahead and check out the podcast Coast to Coast Hoops, where Greg Hoops Peterson looks at every major and some of the minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to find you betting opportunities. And Greg, if you don't know, well, he's got an opinion on every single college hoops game during the season. And on this podcast, he provides his unique insights and looks for those games that have all of those solid betting opportunities. So go ahead and download Coast to Coast Hoops right now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure while you're there to catch up on every other vcin show as well. But again, that's vsin.com slash podcast. All right, welcome back into Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Joining us from somewhere in Canada, Nick Alberga at the Golden Muzzy on Twitter. Nick, I'm sorry, I don't know your exact location. And look, if anybody's crazy out there, I don't want to give it out. You know, you've been given winners, so people could be desperate for more <laughs> cash out of you. But uh, Nick, my man, we've got plenty to look forward to on the hockey slate tonight. I know we're still waiting for a lot of these trades. We're getting close, and you're barking out there like someone do something, and well, nothing's mm. really happened thus far, so we're keeping our fingers crossed. But, Nick, my man, let's get into it with some of the games you've got on the docket tonight. Let's talk Red Wings and Coyotes. Uh, Arizona really hasn't been a solid team this season, to say the least. That may be putting it politely. And on the road tonight, well, they're catching plus 145. You see Detroit minus a buck 75. High total at 6.5. Juice going toward the under. What are you liking for this game up in Detroit? Yeah, so for starters, these two teams played earlier this season. It was a one-goal hockey game. I do like Detroit tonight, uh, number one being they're at home, but number two, they're going to get uplifted by the season debut of Jacob Vrana, who had a shoulder injury and obviously had a subsequent surgery uh, after an injury, a freak injury in training camp. So getting Vrana back in the lineup, I think is going to be huge for Detroit. You talk about the trade deadline. That was probably the biggest, one of the bigger moves from last year's deadline was the Manta for Vrana deal. And I think we saw Manta come back who had a similar injury, weird enough, uh, for the Washington Capitals. Now it's Vrana's turn tonight. But I, I just think it adds a bit more juice to that top, top six, if you will, in Detroit. So I like the Red Wings tonight. 
All right, let's talk about this Minnesota Wild-New York Rangers game. This one caught my attention earlier, and Nick, honestly, I was staying away just because I do think the Wild are a dangerous team. They've obviously been on a little bit of a rough patch here, but the Rangers aren't getting their stud goalie in the net tonight, it looks like, and now they're catching plus 140. Minnesota laying minus 165. Again, a high total here at six in the hook. How much does that impact this game with the goalie switch? Well, it's massive, right? Like, I just guessed it on a radio show, and they asked me to to pick who my Hart Trophy winner is right now. And profoundly, I went with Igor Shostorkin. That's taking nothing away from Austin Matthews. But again, you take uh, Shostorkin off the Rangers roster, uh, this team isn't the same. And we'll see what Alexander Georgiev can bring to the table. Um, I like the fact that you brought that up about Minnesota. They're, they are a volatile bunch right now. I will say that. They've surrendered 23 goals in the last five games. In fact, they've dropped six of seven. But I think anytime you can get Minnesota on home ice, um, I think you have to take a flyer on them. And that's probably what I would do if I'm making a play in this game tonight is look at the wild, at least in the money line, maybe even in regulation, because we're waiting and waiting for that bounce back performance. They've been struggling as of late. And perhaps it comes tonight where I think they really dodged a bullet and who's playing in between the pipes for the Rangers. And speaking of the Wild, Nick, is this a team, should they get into a playoff position? Do you think that they're good enough to make a run? Because I feel like, again, the goaltending's been a little bit wishy-washy, it seems. But offensively, I feel like they have enough talent there. Yeah, can you ask me after the deadline, right? March 21st <laughs> is the NHL trade deadline. Like, I think there are some people out there who wonder if the Wild could get you know involved in a conversation for a goalie. Uh, you know, whether it be Semyon Varlamov, who I believe has one year left on his deal with the New York Islanders, or maybe a Marc Andre Fleury if he's willing to waive to go there. I think it's quite clear here, you know, this deep into the season that it's been a turbulent process when it comes to their goaltending. I know Cam Talbot was at the All Star game, but I don't know if he was really deserving of that All Star spot. Capo Kakinen's had some opportunity this season. He had some good times. He's had some bad times. But I think if I were to handicap it, the well, they're probably adding a defenseman. And I do think they're a sneaky team, right? You know, the, the Kirill Kaprizov is a guy who doesn't get enough play in this league. He's a top 15 player, in my opinion. I think in a perfect world, they'd love to add a top six center. Matt Boldy, a rookie who's been on fire since coming to the NHL back on January 4th. And you want to talk about hot players. Kevin Fiala is another guy. If you're looking at uh, maybe looking at some point props tonight. I think Fiala is a guy who's been on my radar for the last little while. But I do think there's some value in futures when it comes to the Wild. All right, Nick, one of the hottest teams in hockey. We were just talking about this squad last night. Calgary, the Flames on the second leg of a back-to-back, -back, taking on the Washington Capitals. What's fascinating about the Capitals, Nick, is their home and road splits, right? I mean, Washington's a completely different team on the road than they are at home, and usually it's the other way around. But you're getting Washington catching plus 116. The Flames minus a buck 36. Total at six is what we're seeing. Juice a little bit toward the over. Uh, do you trust the Flames to keep it going tonight? Or do you like the success of the Capitals who have done better on the road? So tonight I'm going to stick my neck out for the Washington Capitals for a variety of reasons. Among them, it's a five-game week for the Calgary Flames. Uh, they're coming off an emotional victory against a rival in the Edmonton Oilers last night. Um, it's a busy slate once again. And then on top of that, it's also game 1000 for Alex Ovechkin and Nick Backstrom. You know, really, really good friends on the same night. I think you're looking maybe at some goal props there, some point props when it comes to Backstrom, maybe some assist props. And certainly for Alex Ovechkin, I think he's going to be, uh, you know, shot ready in this game like he normally is. And I, I will take a, a really long look at the Washington Capitals. I know they're a dog in this game, but certainly a five-game week for Calgary. The odds are stacked against them to go 5-0. and oh. And I do like the way the Caps have played the last little while. 
especially Vitek Vanacek, who will get the start tonight in between the pipes. All right, let's go to Toronto. The Maple Leafs taking on the crack in Seattle, plus 230. Toronto as high as minus 278. This total also at 6.5 over minus 115. Under is minus 105. What are you thinking for this game? Yeah, so there's absolutely no juice when it comes to the money line, but certainly you can look at this game potentially in regulation on the puck line. Uh, the last time these two teams played, the first time ever, Toronto won 6-2. So I'd probably shade towards the over. I just think you look at the numbers of, you know, all four goalies for that matter when it comes to these two teams. They've been getting lit up left and right. Um, you know, Seattle all season long, the Maple Leafs the last two months. So I'd probably, even though the, the number is at 6.5, I'm probably looking at the over. I think, you know, a goal prop to look at because he's been so hot is Austin Matthews, his 40th goal of the season last night in Columbus. So I would look there and... You can never discount any team that comes into Toronto. The Leafs always seem to get the best out of their opponent and the bigger. You know, the reason why is because the opposition seems to always have a lot of guys from the area, which I live, by the way, here in Toronto. There you go. Hey, he's giving you the location now, folks. Um, Nick, before we let you go, buddy. Yeah, there you go. That's right. We'll tweet it out for everybody. Uh, Before we let you go here, Nick, there's a couple games I just wanted to rifle at you really quick, get some rapid action. I know you're maybe not in love with these games from a betting standpoint, but still wanted to pick your brain about it. And the first one's going to be Florida and Pittsburgh. Panthers coming off a nice win last night. They're on the road against Pittsburgh. And again, look, the Panthers home and road splits. Great at home, road, they're kind of back and forth. They're minus 112, Penguins minus 104. Who do you have more faith in for this matchup? Yeah, this is a tough one. Uh, To be honest, uh, Danny, I've stayed away from this one. Uh, I think, obviously, Pittsburgh is the favorite because it is the back-to-back. But Sergey Bobrovsky, the number one for the Florida Panthers, is playing in this one. And they got sort of a softball game last night against the lowly Buffalo Sabres. But I think if you're to put me on the spot right now, I'd probably go with the Pittsburgh Penguins just more. They're the fresher team, and I do think they're a legit team at that. All right, then the other matchup, and for some reason I always find myself looking to bet this specific one. It's the Predators and the Stars. I was sweating out that last game uh, when they won in the shootout being Nashville, and look, it's kind of a revenge angle for the Stars maybe, but these teams are virtually even. They're neck and neck when they play and in the standings. Who do you think takes the cake in this one? So, Danny, I'm probably going to be wrong. I'm going to double down again. Give me this game going into <laughs> overtime like we did two weeks ago. Oh, Might as well right. double down. A couple things I'll look at in this one. I, I love Jason Robertson from a shot prop point of view. Um, you know, I've seen some lines at two and a half. I've seen some at three. Heck, I'd take both. He's cleared in six of the last seven. Potentially, you look at the under. I think you look at the goaltending matchup. You mentioned Dallas has been red hot. Jake Ottinger, Usaros has been a bit better as of late. Um, but I think important to note that I know Dallas is the dog on the line. I probably take the stars on the puck line if I had to make a play because these two teams have played twice this season and they've both been one goal games. A plus 325 if it goes into OT once again. I think you hit it when it was plus (laughs) 350 the other week. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. Absolutely rooting for it. Nick, thank you as always for providing the insight and some of your bets for tonight throughout the NHL. My pleasure, Danny. We'll talk soon. You got it. At the Golden Muzzy, where you could follow Nick on Twitter. One of the best follows throughout the NHL. He'll get you provided with all that good analysis to help you become a better, better in hockey. Well, speaking of some places that you can bet, remember to check out Bet Rivers. They're offering customers a new deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. 
Check it out at BetRivers.com or download the app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. And 1-800-522-4700 in Nevada. Coming up next here on Rush Hour, final segment, talking NBA with Aaron Rinning. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Want more NBA insight? Well, check out the Hardwood Handicappers podcast with VSN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel, where he takes a look at all the angles for the games to determine who's playing, what kind of situation a team is in and also every other aspect of the matchup. There are plenty of great opportunities to bet the NBA on a nightly basis during the regular season and the postseason, and JBT has you covered and hooking you up to hopefully win some money on it. So check out the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. It is free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And again, while you're there, make sure you check up on every other VEASAN show as well. That's vsin.com slash podcasts. Okay, welcome back into the mix. The show is Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Thank you for being with us. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Time to talk about a little bit more hoops. I know we briefly mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but time to bring in the expert, Aaron Rinning at ER Sports one on Twitter. Pro sports better, does tremendously well handicapping the NBA, and we got a solid slate to look forward to this evening. Aaron, thank you for being with us. Let's go ahead and start things off with a game that's going to tip off relatively soon. Charlotte hosting Brooklyn. The Hornets now up to a four-and-a-half-point dog at home. Total up to 240-and-a-half. We know we're getting Kyrie and Katie back in the mix, but, of course, that doesn't necessarily translate into instant success. So how do you think this matchup is going to go down with Charlotte as the home dog? Uh, hey, Danny. Great to be with you. Uh, it's been a while. Eh? Anyway, the yeah, the Nets, I, I think it's just not quite that easy to flip the switch. And obviously they have, you know, another five weeks to uh, prepare for some sort of postseason run. Uh, I mean, these two teams with essentially uh, the same record uh, looking at a uh, play-in tournament uh, right now. And, you know, the Nets would love to, to flex their muscle and, and go on this big winning streak. But again, you know, it's just not that easy, right? KD back. Uh, Kyrie uh, back as well, but you know, it, defensively, this team is still struggled. We saw that Sunday, uh, allowing 126 to Boston, 50 what 54 uh, to Jason Tatum. So, um, you know, to be bet this this way, and uh, again, this is uh, not a big bet for me, but I just bet Charlotte plus the five. I was kind of waiting for that, but you know, it, it's just as big a game here for Charlotte. And there's no question the the Hornets have struggled here of late as well. Now they uh, were able to win uh, two in a row here to get a little bit of momentum. And, you know, they've shot really poorly um, in, in the month of February. Uh, those are things you can kind of turn around. Uh, this team is a little bit more rested uh, than they were uh, with that rough schedule. So uh, again, this is uh, obviously a big game for both of these teams uh, as they sit eighth and ninth. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, and I went ahead and took the home dog and took the points here. All right, Aaron, well, let's move along to a little bit of a later slate game tonight. That's going to be Golden State and Los Angeles being the Clippers. 
And the Warriors getting some of their players back in this game. They didn't have Clay, or at least they didn't have Curry, if I recall correctly, the last time they were playing. And look, tonight they're laying six against the Clippers. Now, the Clippers are also a team that's been dealing with injuries. So they're the underdog catching that six. This total at 225. Were you more interested in the spread or the total for this matchup? Well, at the current lines, it would be more the spread here. I, I did bet this uh, over the total earlier this morning, but boy, it was a lot better number uh, at that point. You're right. Uh, I mean, here you had the Warriors that uh, rested everybody uh, last night. I don't even know if those guys made the trip uh, into Denver. Obviously, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, uh, the main three guys. But, you know, it, it's just been a Warriors team that has continued to struggle. And they've lost games. They've been miserable against the spread. Their defense has been very subpar. Uh, it's, it's a team that probably played over their head to start the season. And there's no question the, the loss of Draymond Green. I mean, uh, again, you look at the points allowed here by the Warriors, 131, 124, 122, and 129 uh, their last four games. I mean, that, that is just the complete opposite uh, of how this team played back uh, in November. And, you know, I've kind of waited, uh, you know, I, I thought there's been, fa you know, kind of favorable, uh, scheduling spots, uh, for this team to kind of make a statement and get back to where they were earlier this year. And they just have not responded Danny. So I'm not at this point in, until I see it, uh, I'm going to try to bet against it. And I still don't think this is a great spot for this team. Uh, first game off a road trip. Uh, they've been on the road, uh, the entire March, uh, month of March here. And, you know, you look at the standings, these games are just really not that important. Steve Kerr has mentioned it. He's trying to develop his younger guys right now, sitting at third in the Western Conference. As long as they finish top four, I think this team is more than happy. Draymond Green's supposed to be back in a week here. So perhaps they turn it on when he comes back. But, again, this team is just kind of in preseason developmental mode. And the Clippers, this is a huge game. Uh, they've won five of their last six. They dropped that game against New York, uh, embarrassed, 116-93. to 93. So, again, sitting at eighth in that Western uh, spot, 34-32, uh, and 32, much more important game here for the Clippers, a team that's playing much better defense, and you're getting the points. So, uh, i got to take the Clips. Yeah, I think that's a really solid angle, too. I mean, you're right. The Warriors at this point, they're hitting struggle bus. They know they've been missing some guys or top, one of their top guys in Draymond Green. And at this point, like you said, I mean, get top four. We'll figure it out in the postseason with all the experience they have. And definitely means a lot more to a bubble team in the Clippers and catching points right now at six currently at Bet River. So I like that analysis going into that Warriors-Clippers game. I'd be riding that with you, Aaron. Uh, I know you have another game that you have some interest in. The last one we'll get into, it's going to be the Cavs and the Pacers and Cleveland, a three-point road favorite tonight, Aaron. This total at 222. What are we thinking in Indiana with the Pacers and the Cavaliers? Yeah, again, this is a, a smaller bet for me. Uh, late money here, a lot of late money coming in for the Pacers. I, I, I can understand it, but it just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me uh, in certain ways. I mean, this Pacers team has been dreadful. Uh, another team that's uh, obviously lacking any kind of defense, any kind of um, inside protection of the rim. Ever since they've lost Miles Turner, uh, this team has just been a sieve as far as teams being able to get to the basket and score on them. Uh, again, you just look at the wins and losses uh, for this team. Out of nowhere, you know, they beat Boston uh, about a week ago, 10 days ago. 
at that great overtime uh, comeback against Orlando. But, uh, you know, even in watching them beat Orlando last week, just very unimpressive uh, how they're getting there. This team is just not good. They are not good defensively. And now, you know, you point to this Cavaliers team that certainly is not playing as well as they did early in the season, but still 37 and 27 uh, right now, uh, the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. So they want to stay out of that play-in uh, tournament in the East, three games in front of Toronto right now. So all these games are important uh, for Cleveland, and they've played a pretty rough schedule here of late, Toronto, Philadelphia, uh, Charlotte, and Minnesota going back now. They are a little bit undermanned. They're missing LeVert. Uh, also uh, out without big man Allen now. So uh, a bit of a blow for this team, but still much better defensively than the Pacers. Uh, I think this is not a great spot for the Pacers. Again, another team uh, coming off a road trip. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Cleveland to win this game at a discounted price here, about two and a half. Yeah, Cleveland still fighting for a good position in the East. Like you said, Pacers kind of mailing it in a little bit. Could be a good buy-low spot, relatively speaking, for this Cavs team. But, hey, Aaron, we are up against it. Thank you, as always, for making some time. We'll have to keep doing it more consistently now that we're dwindling down in the NBA season, getting really exciting. But, again, thanks, and uh, best luck with all your plays. Uh, absolutely. Hey, good luck to you guys as well. Thank you. Always appreciate it. Aaron Rinnick, folks, at ER Sports one on Twitter. And, hey, speaking of plays, before we end out here on Rush Hour, I wanted to recap some of the action I had. I talked about it earlier with the two in the NBA. We had the Nets money line minus 155. As Aaron was alluding to, this line kind of, you know, got out of hand. So now it's moved a little bit. But instead, if you wanted to do a prop, did Kevin Durant over 34.5 points and assists? That was the prop that I made for that game and in the NBA tonight. And then the hockey play I wanted to discuss really quick. I'm going with the lightning on the money line this evening on the road against the Jets. Long story short, uh, Tampa Bay is a far and away more talented team. Right now they're minus 167 at Bet Rivers. You get Vasilevsky in net, who's 39-4 and this season. Hellebuck. He has started in an NHL high 47 games this season, and in this latest 1-4-2 stretch, he's got a 3.71 goals against average. Look, this Jets team is just in shambles right now. Lightning looking for a season-high fifth straight road victory, and I think they clinch it. So in hockey tonight, going with Tampa Bay, I laid minus 165, so would definitely still lay minus 167. That's my play I got tonight in hockey. Tampa Bay Lightning on the money line. And then in basketball, once again, Brooklyn on the money line, minus a buck 55. And also the prop we rolled with about Kevin Durant over 34 and a half points and assists. Best of luck if you tell any of our plays or any of your bets in general. Thank you for being with us. And thanks to all of our guests for helping us out throughout this hour tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. But until then, take care, ladies and gentlemen, and enjoy your night.